want to build a house and we're going to help you do it. This is the How To ADU podcast where you can hear about real ADU projects as they're being built. You're going to get real stories from real people building ADUs with your hosts, Bob Frappia, Napa Realtor and serial ADU builder himself and Ryan O'Connell from How To ADU where we've helped thousands of Californians with our free resources we're talking about myself in the third person. This is our first episode, so I really want to introduce you to Bob Frappia, who built his first ADU back in 2016. And when I read about it in the paper, in the Napa Valley Register, that was my first exposure to ADUs. That's what kicked this whole thing down the road. Well, welcome to our first episode of How to ADUs Podcast. <laughs> it's exciting, but I don't know. It's a shared experience because I'm only half of this thing. And, and Bob, you are you are a big half. You. <laughs> uh, well, I'm so glad we met. Um, it's been several years now because um, I we both share the same passion for bringing extra housing uh, and utilizing the existing land that's there in our communities uh, to maximize residential possibilities. That's it. And. I think uh, the ADU has been a great uh, avenue to do that. The most versatile tool I've ever seen the government give me. <laughs> and, and, and there's so many different ways to use them. And, and, uh, and you've used them in a bunch of those ways. So I'm, I'm really excited okay. to crack into some of the, the different types of ADUs and how people use them in your experience. I'll chat a bit about the... The, the crazies who work with me sometimes. And <laughs> All right. Good, good. Uh, well, in a nutshell, um, there's kind of three different opportunities for an ADU. One is what most people think about is a detached unit. So you're literally either building from ground up or rolling in a modular unit um, as complete separate structure. Um, the other one is uh, you're adding on to the existing residence. So an add-on uh, portion of a building. Um, and then the third is uh, somewhere on the interior of the existing building, you convert um, a room um, and make that an ADU on the interior of a building. So... It could look like anything. It could. Be. <laughs> it could. So, um, for example, I'm working on one now where I'm converting the basement in um, our cabin up in Tahoe to a one-bedroom. It's about 500 square feet. Um, it's going to have a full kitchen and bathroom and even a fireplace. So... That should be good, but that's a uh, kind of a existing room conversion. Um, the other one that I was involved in uh, was on North Avenue of the residence I live in now, and we added on uh, a structure and made that an ADU. Um, now, right now, I use that one as my master bedroom, mm -hmm. but it's got everything to be a lock-off unit. Mm -hmm. And did you did you like finish it already to be locked off or is it like roughed in and anytime you want, you flip a switch and put in a kitchenette? And... Yep, that's what we did. Mm -hmm. So we know where all the plumbing is and the walls mm -hmm. and um, uh, 
we've already got the locks on the doors and I built stairs and a gate and poured concrete for site access. So it's ready to go. That's really cool. And the city has already inspected it knowing it's permitted as an accessory dwelling unit. So they, they've already checked all the boxes. You didn't have to put in like a kitchen sink and an oven yet. Right. As long as you had the, the hookups for it, they were like, okay, this could be a unit. Yeah. That kind of setup. Yep. Exactly. Really cool. Exactly. And actually, that one's in the county. So I had to deal with the county on that one. <laughs> well, you bring up a good point because each jurisdiction you go to can have a slightly different twist on some of the building codes that affect the ADUs. Um, so quite often, I found myself having to have meetings and explain and help bring to light some of the the new codes that have been put out even though we're in our third round of codes for ADUs now so um, let's see one other one that I worked on in Napa uh, that was a really neat one was also a detached unit a two-bedroom unit and pretty much took up most of the backyard but that one was very unique because the grandmother wanted to use that for um, the daughter and the grandchildren to come live with them. Mm -hmm. So it was super cool. Um, and that one worked out really well. I want to say it took, it was probably seven months from plans to sleeping in the unit that's that's huge so that was super fun and good to be involved in is that is that the silverado one or no that one's you, on windsor yeah okay you've made, you've made so many adus but i can't keep track <laughs> so uh that one i participated in because i brought the client i brought the financing i brought the contractor together we revamped our initial drawing of ADU and just made it a two bedroom unit, but we used a lot of the same thing. And then at that point, the contractor took over. Mm -hmm. I was not mm -hmm. swinging hammers mm -hmm. or pouring concrete mm -hmm. or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's kind of what I like to do the best is yeah. put, put the deal together. So it's fun. It, and that's what's so cool about these in some ways. It's like, for a big 300-unit building, you need, like, a professional developer and a, and a specialized builder and a specialized big big architect and engineering firm. And, like, everybody only does 300-unit buildings. But when it's an ADU and it's, like, a, a more approachable yes. project, you know, you're just a really experienced realtor and, you, and you're like, yeah, I could do this. I could put this deal together for this homeowner. Yes. It's much easier. There's not as many moving pieces to it. Um, you still have to have a site plan and somewhat of a building plan, and that has to be presented and, and approved to get the permit. Mm -hmm. um, but from there, a homeowner could essentially either hire the general contractor, which is probably the easiest thing, or they could even do be the general themselves if they have a little bit of experience in that. Mm -hmm and just hire the trades to come in and mm -hmm. put it all together. Makes a lot of sense. Although I think, I think there's still too much humility in there where like, if it, you know, not a lot of realtors know as much about accessory dwelling, it's uh, dwelling units as you, because they just haven't done them themselves necessarily. And then, you know, what's cool. And the way I describe it to people is 
you want you want to build a good team and you want somebody yes. on the team to know about ADUs already. <laughs> right, right. And and it it pays. Like I'm not a licensed person, right? And and I think I I regularly try to remind people of that because I I know I'm honest, but like you you should always take everything you hear with a grain of salt and consider the incentives of different members of your team. Realtor has a fiduciary responsibility to watch your back yeah. on on these transactions. They're like legal ramifications. And so if you get somebody who knows about ADUs and is like, you know, being compensated to watch your back in that transaction. I think it's, it's just awesome. It's a, it's a great service. Yes. Thank you. Well, I look forward to doing more. <laughs> um, it's just kind of turned out it, it's not necessarily the main focus of real estate, but it's turned into a really nice little side um, hobby, if you will. Um, I think, a couple challenges we're still mm -hmm. seeing in not only Napa, but other parts of the state. One are there's still people that are reluctant to go through that process. Mm -hmm. It seems daunting to many people. Um, the other item is who is going to rent it or who is going to be my neighbor? If they aren't building it specifically for a family member, mm -hmm. Um, how do I rent it? Mm -hmm. Who do I select? And do I want to be mm -hmm. living by mm -hmm. somebody? Mm -hmm. um, so those are other challenges mm -hmm. that people run into. And now um, the third challenge can be a little bit of, like we were discussing, some supply materials. Mm -hmm. If somebody decides to build a stick built, mm -hmm. which we call a ground up construction, um, they can run into some supply and material cost issues. Mm -hmm. um, so my recommendation to most people now is buy a modular unit. And you don't <laughs> yep. need to deal with that. You just yep. dig the utility trenches, pour the foundation, and set this mm -hmm. unit right on there. Mm -hmm. And and that's uh, it can be built just like a house, right? When people yes. hear modular, sometimes they think it's only like, what we used to call mobile homes or right. and and like what's that look like now no the the modular units they can have any facade you want it could be very modern it can have a craftsman look it can look like a modern farmhouse um you can do a eichler style uh 50s mid-century type there's so many different versions and you don't even know that that unit rolled in there on a set of wheels. Mm -hmm. When you go inside, the walls are all two by four and two by six walls with insulation. Um, the ceilings, most of the time, are greater than eight feet. They're nine foot or 10 foot vaulted mm -hmm. ceilings in these units now. Mm -hmm. And all the same types of appliances, cabinets, countertops, all the amenities, recessed lighting, it's all there, and the and it all comes together in one package, and it's code compliant, mm -hmm. so that it meets all the energy mm -hmm. regulations. That's the other thing that part of the permitting they want you. If you're doing stick belt, you have to meet Title Twenty Four for energy regulation, and the modulars have that built into them. So, it's. It's a it's the way to go. <laughs> I try yeah. to do more unless you're building inside a structure in a basement, mm -hmm. or you're going to convert a garage that's already there. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think the best bet is do a modular. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting market, and you, you know I've got a stake in it. I've, yes. I've, I've, I help uh, at Inspired ADUs. We've launched a modular and, uh, and, and believe in it, but we also have a lot of relationships with GCs. And so one thing I, I think we should throw out there is it's uh, before we get a bunch of hate mail. It's, yeah, modulars also need GCs on site. Oh yes, like that site trenching, that foundation. Those are not things that you just do. <laughs> right. You don't have those shipped from Amazon. Yes. and so like you still get a professional to do a lot of the work on site and make sure that that unit gets in right. It's just that the big bulk of the work, the disruptive part of the work gets done somewhere else and rolls in one day. Right. And it's it's reduced a lot of the unpredictable bits for you. It's like, that's pretty cool. Yes. Um, I was working with a GC. This has been a month and a half ago now. We're looking at getting a bid for one on a property on H Street here mm-hmm. in Napa. And they are even now coming in with a foundation that's an X-brace steel-type foundation mm-hmm. um, that eliminates trenching for the concrete Mm. so that could be interesting but again that has to be permitted and installed by a general contractor Mm -hmm. and um, they have to know what they're doing Mm -hmm. sometimes these modulars also require decks and stairs Mm -hmm. and um, some if you want to put some parking in you Mm -hmm. can Mm -hmm. there's lots of little pieces that Mm -hmm. have to come together Mm -hmm. to make it happen and it's a specialty, it's a specialty kind of right. Like it's different pieces of work than than if you're yes. building everything from scratch. It you know it's it's it's, uh, it's interesting. It's been it's been a learning curve for me. I know that. <laughs> All right, what's, well, there's one other one that we I know we talk about, and it's got to be the number one question I get, which is how much do these cost? Oh yes. And in terms of challenges, how do you pay? How do you pay that cost? <laughs> Uh, uh, the cost is all over the board and depends on the, the size of the unit. Um, and it depends on where it's being built and the level of amenities you want inside the unit. Mm-hmm. So there are units out there, a smaller one bedroom unit, you can still find for a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. But when somebody says, okay, how much is a two bedroom, 900 square feet? I say, plan on 250. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have any tips? When you say 100,000 for a one bedroom, you're talking about a modular or? Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and, and then there's still the, like, the cost that you're talking about for site on, of foundation and trenching and stuff like that. Right. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's, I mean, and it, that does, though, it's so nice to be able to say the unit costs this much. Yes. Because there's so many question marks. I know people get super frustrated when they hear a range that's like, oh, a well, one-bedroom costs between $150,000 all in and $300,000 all right. in. Like, that's a uselessly large range, Ryan. <laughs> well, like we were talking about earlier, it depends on the construction style they want and vaulted ceilings and how many windows and all these things you can get a pretty plain Jane unit mm-hmm. and it drops the, the price mm-hmm. quite a bit mm-hmm. so but the the bigger thing now is manufacturing and, and getting those units to market mm-hmm. because most places are saying six months mm-hmm. yeah. so that is true I've heard the phrase supply chain disruption a few times this year yeah. <laughs> 
for, for posterity, it is it is October twenty fourth, twenty twenty one, and we are still uh, still learning to stop predicting the world. <laughs> it's a, it's yes, a it's so a crazy true. one. Okay, so financing it uh, I, it's kind of a two parter because I know you got some interesting perspectives on like portfolio investors or, or people outside of Fannie and Freddie who can help with ADU construction. Mm-hmm. And, Certainly. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Financing is one of the biggest challenges. So typically the easiest way for somebody to finance it um, with today's rates would be to refi their current mortgage on their house. Um, and by that refi, you can get a longer term loan like for 30 years and when you refi, you pull the cash out that you need for your construction. Mm-hmm. So let's say it is 250000 So you pull that money out, you pay and buy the unit. And now, yes, you are going to have a mortgage again or an increased mortgage amount. But depending on the use, if you decide to rent it, it'll pay for itself uh, threefold. Mm-hmm. Um if you decide to have family live there, it's really not that much more to uh, mm-hmm. put on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So that's an easy way to do it. And and if your rate is like from a few years back, you yes. might even get a better rate today right. than if you were if you bought your house like seven years ago and haven't really thought about the financing because you, you didn't need to. You might be you might have an opportunity just there. <laughs> right, you could end up with you know a three percent fixed rate loan for 30 years and it could drop your payments um, enough to where the, the payment might be the same when you pull that 250000 out. So um, it's worth looking into. I highly recommend people talk to a professional yeah. uh, mortgage loan advisor on that. Um, but that's probably the easiest way um, the other way is to use some savings or cash in some stocks to pay for that. Um, and a third way, if the people don't want to um, refinance or use savings, is to do a home equity line of credit. So we're pretty fortunate in our community to have um, the local credit union, uh, Redwood Credit Union, and they will do the home equity line of credit at a very reasonable cost. It's almost no cost uh, to do the loan. And then um, the loan rates are very similar to what the mortgage rates are. Um, And you pull the 250,000 out, use it for your build, and then pay back the HELOC on on a monthly basis. So. And that's so that's a line of credit based on that same value that you have in your house, that equity in your yes. house. Yes. And right. and usually they're like maybe a, a point or two higher than the than the mortgage rate would be or something like that. Yeah, I think I, I don't want to quote rates yeah, right yeah, now. Exactly. Um but it's pretty close. Yeah. It's very reasonable. Cool. And the fees, see when you do the cash out refi, you have to go through escrow and title and all that, and there's like probably $3,000 of fees mm-hmm. to do that. On the HELOC, there are no fees. Yeah, so you're saving that money. Get right. a loan. <laughs> However, um, it is a shorter term loan. So typically it might go 10 years mm-hmm. 
or 15 years to the max. Mm -hmm. So, but depending on what you're doing with your ADU, uh, mm -hmm. you should be able to have that paid off by then. And do when they do a when they calculate your equity, do some of these guys look at the equity? Some of these institutions look at the equity of the thing you're building. Uh, not in this situation. They would on a construction loan, but not on these. Yeah. So far, we haven't gotten there yet. One day, one day. Yes. It's it's uh, but but you can't you can't rush banks because that's why we regulate them. <laughs> we we yeah. kind of want them to be <laughs> stable. So. Uh, one thing I've been able to um, talk to Redwood Credit Union about is postponing um, any monthly payments until the unit has its final occupancy cert. Ooh. So they would loan you the money, do the home equity line of credit, and let's say it takes you seven months to get through the permit process and the build process mm -hmm. till actually you're at the end and you finally get that move in permit. Mm -hmm. um, then, so Redwood Credit Union was, would suspend any payments then and say, okay, on that seven month, now you've got your occupancy. Now we'll start billing you. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's nice to have. Um, that building time period to yeah. get it to the point where okay now it's operational now I can pay for it. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. It's it's so. great to get somebody else to kind of hold the buck for a little bit, right? Because right. constructions, you know, it's an un, if you're not doing modular, <laughs> it's a pretty un, unpredictable process where like you 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 might have some some supply issues. You might have a rainy day like we're on today, yes. and and the and the you don't want people trampling through the yard. For a couple of weeks while things dry out, you know it, and so it's it's great to know that your your payments start when you're already getting to use the unit. That's huge. Yeah, that's a good that's a good plus. So um, there's other ways to finance it too, but I would just generally, yeah. in a nutshell, those are the three. And I yeah. think we should get a finance guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and you know the other thing we're going to talk about in the future is these. They're starting to see grants come out, like Cal HFA has a $25,000 ADE-specific grant. I, You know, there's a lot of strings attached. So yes. it's it's always, you know, you, you kind of you hear about programs. There's there's some really incredible ones with they're, they're either very specific in scope and or they're, they're broad, but they're not that much money, and then they have a lot of conditions. Right. Uh, and we'll kind of dive into a lot of that stuff if you if – you, Start listening to the show. You're gonna get a lot of detail that yes. <laughs> that hopefully you asked for. But <laughs> well, I think we'll bring in some specialists yeah. from those areas because it'd be good to hear it from them, and mm -hmm. they know all the little details. Sometimes mm -hmm. I skip over the details. That's that's it. <laughs> hey, everybody's got a specialty, right? And I and I think too, it's it's uh it's really important to both of us that people actually walk the walk and. Um, it's yeah you, you get experts because they've actually run through that loan program or yes. they've had clients who looked for the for, for that specific issue and and that's how people learn things it's a very it's a very complicated market where if you don't do it yourself there's not like one solution that fits everybody no it's not at all it's very project based it's very human based and you just need real world experience otherwise um otherwise you're you're talking theory <laughs> right right just like some ADUs won't work on certain properties because of the lot size or the dimension of the lot mm -hmm. um, and the setbacks, those types of things. So 
You just have to customize it a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Well, that was, that's, I think, a lot of information. I think people people are, are yeah, we're, folks are going to digest all that. And uh, if, um, let, let's uh, let's record for, in case we get the, our, our act together. We should say, uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, check yeah. the check the link in the in the video notes or whatever. No, it's not a video; it's a podcast. <laughs> if you want to listen yeah. to the podcast, check the links in the the show notes, and uh, we'll we'll try to get our act together, get this on as many platforms so that you can listen to it conveniently. Um, there's also uh, going to be contact information for Bob, so that if you want to meet Bob Frappia and and hear more of of his experience. You can get that, and there's going to be some contact information for, for me. For Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a pleasure talking to you, Bob, about all this stuff. And, and uh, if you maybe we'll take a, a little break, and then I'll ask you questions about your personal ADU experience, if that's okay. cool. All, all right. right. Very good.